good evening and welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Broadcasting on Sunshine Radio at St. Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. We are your Friday evening slice of silver screen nostalgia. Looking back at a period when men were men, women were women. All this here was fields and it only cost you tuppence to go to the pictures. <laughs> and a big shout out to all of our loyal, splendid listeners who have been getting involved with us on Facebook over the last couple of weeks. Giving us your idea of films that we should talk about. We will be talking about this in the next couple of weeks because in the next sort of season of the show, we are going to be making a couple of tweaks. Um, each week, we'll be talking about a bona fide classic, which is definitely something like, you look, this is a film that everybody loves, everybody knows about, everybody talks about and says how great it is. We'll also be talking about a hidden gem every week. So it's a film that one of us thinks that, look, this is a brilliant film. I do not know why more people have not seen it. This, these people need their day in court. We'll also be talking about, we're getting a patient choice from the hospital. So a patient will tell us either the first film that they ever saw in the cinema, or they will tell us the... Um, tell us their favorite film of all time and every week we'll be bringing you either an exception to the rule the rule being that they don't make them like they used to brought to you by sean hello there oh sean so sean would you like to tell us a little bit about the exception to the rule the exception to the rule okay the exception to the rule is oh we have got here is um the exception to the rule. No, 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 I mean like, uh, tell me about the section of the show. Oh, the section of the show. Okay, yeah, the what happens there? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were, <laughs> no, no, sorry. no. We're not doing an exception on, to the rule today. Uh, but on, on some of the shows, there is an exception to the rule. And that is a film that was made after 1980. So it could be up to present day films that we think deserves a mention, deserves some credit because we think it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Even though it has, even though it has like the handicap of being made after 1980, it's yeah. still a good movie. It's still a good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So we'll either be bringing you an exception to the rule every week, or we'll bring you an Isle of Movies, which is when we recount the times when Hollywood, or at least three guys on the camera, have washed up on the shores of the Isle of Wight. Brought to you by Sharon. Hello, <laughs> Sharon. Anything else you have to say about Isle of Movies? Yeah, just that. Yeah, the Isle of Wight has been a rich tapestry as a background for filmmakers for a number of years. And some of those films, you know, show off the island to perfection and others don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful landscape that people have used for different films over a number of years and have taken advantage of the natural beauty that is all around us. Okay, good. And also, we will also be bringing you every week a movie legend quiz, which is going to be where there's going to be four clues spread out throughout the show that lead to a movie legend, which you can play along at home, and we will try and guess who this movie legend is. And that is brought to you by Joe, who sadly cannot be here with us today. We hope wherever he is, he's doing well and marking all those papers. Isn't that right, Sean? <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I did get a message from him. He's like, oh, I can't make it today. <laughs> The so, life of being a teacher. Yes, I know, I know. Yeah. But he's, 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 he's a good one. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, but the thing is, I actually really, really like the quiz. The quiz is like, well, I was actually thinking of just cutting out the, the quiz sections and making that its own little upload. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people can play along at home, like just do the quiz and not have to listen to the rest of us prattling on and everything like that. Even though I think we do some pretty good prattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a bit tricksy with his quizzes because he leads <laughs> he us is. all down and then he throws in a bit of a bombshell which there's uh, one clue where you normally go I know who it is yeah. I know exactly who it is <laughs> and it's normally sneaky yeah it's normally and then he throws you in a, a, a curveball yeah no, he, like, uh, well, he's got me for the last couple of weeks I don't think yeah. I've gotten one for like three weeks no going. yeah, you were, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've got one for a while <laughs> well thankfully this week we have a, a less packed show than what we had recently 
The, um, um, we, yes, and today we're going to be talking about a couple of things. As I said, okay, we're going to have a bonafide classic that Sean's going to pick. And we also have Jonathan Greenham, who suggested a film for us to talk about on Facebook. Jonathan, thank you very much. We will get to your film after we've spoken about Sean's because we have another thing that's coming on later in the show that links perfectly to the film that you chose for us. But Sean, would you like to tell us what a bona fide classic is that we're talking about today? Okay, this bona fide classic, three Oscar winner film, um, 90, Sunset Boulevard. I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard of this movie at least. I mean, but and and most people, probably if you're a movie buff, you would have seen it at one time or another because it is about the movies and and it's a, a it's a class act. I think it's it's um, a black and white film and it's got William Holden in who I. I Thinks a, a class actor, and basically he's this, this this writer, this this script writer, this screenplay writer. Yeah, and he gets involved with an old silent Hollywood star, a silent star who like really she's loaded, she's got loads of money. He's a little bit hard on his luck, so he decides to get involved a bit with her. Um, and the story like get involved biblically. Uh, no, I don't think. Well, yeah, I think there's. A, I, you, yeah, does you never she really become his like? I was gonna say sugar <laughs> daddy, but like, like sugar auntie. She's like sugar, sugar auntie, sugar mama. But, the, but there's some moments in the film, like she's. There's one moment in the film, I must say, where um she she does an impression of Charlie Chaplin. She dresses up like Charlie Chaplin, fabulous and all that, and he's sort of lying on the couch, and there's there's a little bit of a a storyline. He's obviously thinking of himself. He's getting really bored, really sort of fed <laughs> up, you know. But hey, he's uh, he's he's doing all right. But there's this young girl in the studio that that likes him, and I guess he quite likes her. So there's a there's a little bit of a, a theme going on there. But uh, I mean, it's just oh, and there's some some great directors in it. You've got Cecil B. DeMille's in it. That's von Stroheim. So well, they're actually well, they yeah. show up as themselves. Uh, no, 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 no. They play characters. Oh, um, um, Cecil B. DeMille is himself, but uh, von Stroheim he sort of plays. Like the butler to this this okay. Hollywood diva, <laughs> silent diva that still thinks she's in the movies. I'm waiting for my phone call. <laughs> and she actually travels to the studio. They want to use her car because the car's really old. They want to use the car for, for something. Yeah, for a okay, Actually, we'll talk about this in a sec, but I just want to play some music first of all. Yeah, go for yeah, it. I want to yeah. play something. And it's, um, uh, it's I'm pretty sad that Joe is in here because I picked this. I was quite happy to see who did the score for this because I know this is one of Joe's favorites. And it's a good old friend of the show, Franz Waxman. Franz Waxman, mm. yeah. Okay, and this is the Sunset Boulevard. Well, a bit of the Sunset Boulevard suite. Yes, that is a bit of the Sunset Boulevard uh, suite from by Franz Waxman from the film Sunset Boulevard. So, with that music, when you listen to it, it has this sort of big, opulent thing about it, but it also has some sort of... It sort of has big, opulent, some romantic themes. It seems to have some, quite frankly, scary themes. Sinister. Yes, yeah, there's something sinister about it. Like, yeah, yeah. And I know that, uh, obviously, like a, a lot of films that are made about Hollywood, they sort of delve a little bit into that, so... With this one, you were saying about this, it's about a guy who's down on his luck, and then he hooks up with this um, old um, actress. Uh, it was a, he said Norma Desmond. He said the name was was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when so with that, does does this is this a film that does Hollywood CD underbelly kind of thing? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, to to a degree, to a degree, I guess I guess it does. Yeah. Um, as as the story starts up, like I said, he was down on his luck, and basically he wants to get his car repossessed. And oh, these yeah. guys are chasing him. Yeah. So so how he actually meets her is he, he goes into her drive, and um, 
and then he sort of hides in the garage yeah and then it goes from there that's where he that's how he meets her he goes into the house and he meets her and she decides she's been writing this script and she wants him to to work on it so he says okay he sort of humors her a little bit and then he says oh you can stay in a room and he gets a room over over the garage and brings in all this stuff and gradually just gets more and more involved and then it just ends up well i guess you'll know the ending would there be actually, actually, actually don't know the yeah, ending, actually the ending. okay I, no it's, it's okay to, okay to, it's okay to say yeah it's okay to say because it's old so basically he gets involved in this the story of he, he gets involved in this this norma desmond becomes more and more possessive and possessive mm -hmm. and and won't let him out and she tries to like commit suicide oh yeah that's one bit he goes oh why are there no handles on the door and uh, her butler is like oh well she tried to um, t there's been times where she tried to kill herself and and then she spends zillions of pounds trying to make herself look all beautiful with like stretch parks and people in and, and she's just she, she's really obsessive that she's going to be a so, superstar again so it's a the whole idea is that she used to be a star she like, used to be a star in, in the so, silent in the silent, silent era so is it one of these i know that they, they have this and it happens in singing in the rain as well which is another great film about films which is where it's all about like you know you have people who were stars in the silent era then when it went to sound it ruined their careers because nobody liked their voices. Nobody liked their voices. Yeah. So, is is there a little bit of what's going on with her? Um, not really. It never comes into the sound. I, I don't think. I don't think it's it's that way inclined. It's okay. She, but the scene. If I go back to the scene about the car, which which, which is a terrific scene when they say, oh, "We need we need Norma Desmond's okay. car." Yeah. Okay. Sorry, cool. I'm jumping ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Shall I, know, I know it's, it's it's a from everything I've heard. I know the scene is brilliant. I just want to sort of do a look. So she's an old star. She's an old, yeah, she's, silent she's star. She's old, silent star. Her stars faded a bit. Yeah. But she's still, she's, she still feels like, okay, my time's gonna come and yeah. I'm gonna be a big star yeah, she's again. Yeah, gonna be a big star again. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then in this scene, so they've called her to the, call her to the studio. They've called her to the well, yeah, they want the car. So she says, oh, I've, at last it's my chance. So she, she arrives. Yeah. And she actually, as she gets onto the set, she actually goes onto one of the movie sets. Yeah. And all the people, all the sound and the, the, the carpenters and all that, like, ah. Oh, Miss Desmond, Miss Desmond, and she loves him, so she sort of builds herself up. And Basking in the glory. Yeah, and even Cecil DeMille was like, oh yeah, Norma, it's okay. They, they sort of humour her. Yeah. And but, but to do with movies, as I say, you see the set, you see the movie studio, and then they're like, Cecil, Cecil B. DeMille actually sees her off, and she's like all happy and that, and yeah. all, perhaps we won't, we won't use the car. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. so, yeah, so, um, you know, it's quite harsh. And then, uh, basically, like I said earlier on, is is the film goes that he sort of gets in a relationship with this young girl. Yeah. So he decides he's gonna do the thing and leave. He decides he's gonna right. Okay, I'm gonna make it. And there's a bit of a row going on with Norma Desmond at the end of the film, and she just gets a gun, shoots him in the back, and he falls in the swimming pool. And uh, that's how the film starts off. Actually, the film starts off with the shot of a guy. With the shot of a guy in the swimming pool. Yeah, and then the story sort of goes from there. How but did he get there? Yeah, how did the guy how, get in the swimming pool? How did he go to them? Just an average Joe. That's yeah. a device that's been used quite a lot, hasn't it, yeah. since then? Yeah. Was that the first time it was used, that you start with a dead man and then you work no, back? No, no, I doubt it. I because doubt it, because yeah. it was uh, Because one of the most famous, well, not with dead men, but sort of like you end up in the story, like end up in the story is already started and you go backwards, is double indemnity. Right, and so that I was, guess. that was in the 40s. Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah, yeah Barbara Stanwyck and, ooh, I've forgotten his name. 
And if, but anyway, let's talk about who plays Norma Desmond because okay. this is this is Norma Desmond is like a character who is she's iconic in film folklore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually Gloria Swanson, and she was she really was a silent film. Yeah, star. Gloria she Swanson was, was big in her day, she wasn't was she? Huge. She was a she was a massive star. Yeah, um, really, really huge star, but of the silent era. Yeah. So. Um, it was, so really was it good. life imitating art or art imitating life? <laughs> <laughs> so she was once this fabulous, you know, everyone adored her. And then that's, as you say, that sort of splendour suddenly fades a little bit. Yeah. And they still think they're this top that's, of the yeah. tree. They yeah. become obsessed, yeah, yeah. don't they? With they like just wait for their next big picture yeah. to put them back up there again. Yeah. I'm ready for my closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that from this film? Yes. Oh, that's where it goes yes. from. Oh wow! She, it's, it's at the end because she's because she's shot William Holden and all the police turn up and all that and there's loads of people there. Oh. She comes down the stairs and they're all waiting there and and um, the, her butler's actually brought in a, a camera a camera because because he really loves her so he's brought in a camera and a so microphone so, so the actual film's there and he goes right and she swan you know she comes down the stairs. I'm Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my close. So the butler's yeah. just sort of like trying to, it's trying to save Pretend, her, yeah, trying sa- to save her, the hurt of realizing yeah, that she's 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 gone a bit mad, you know, she's oh. gone a bit over oh. the top. So yeah, so that's where that comes from. Yeah, but as so the, the, the thing in the the more you talk about this film, right, the more I feel I feel ashamed that I haven't seen yeah, it yet. You should see it. I have, I feel like I should like you know re. I should take away my film buff like credentials. <laughs> well, because suspend just, them for a little while. Suspend them for a little while until I've seen this film because I know that there's so many things people say about this film. I know it was turned into a musical and everything, and it's just one of the iconic films it really about is, yeah. films. It, it is. It's, it's, it's fantastic, and well, even Hedda Hopper's even in it, and she was like the yeah the, the gossip columnist, the gossip wasn't columnist she? at least. Like you know, oh, she, the, the, the real life she, gossip the real life Hedda, Hedda Hopper is a mate, and they're like playing cards, you know, with like. <laughs> Fags and everything out there, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's such a good film. Yeah, you, yeah. You, so, so things I've heard about it, they make me, they put me in mind of something like All About Eve. All like, about Eve. I was yeah. thinking All About Eve as well. That was coming yeah. through my head. Yeah. That's what the younger woman, uh, who's the older woman, feels threatened by the sort of the younger yeah. woman, version of herself, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a, a bit like that. Only I think a bit less. Uh, probably I think a bit less melodramatic. All About Eve is a bit more. Is a bit more. What's the word? Fine, nah, um, sarcastic, sarcastic, caustic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, caustic, yeah, yeah. cynical. That's the word. Than than um than Sunset Boulevard is from well, everything I've heard, and I know that there's like all these great. I, I remember whenever you see a film about films, I remember the first time I saw these movies about movies, and it's like what you were saying about being on the film set and seeing everything behind the scene and seeing how they do it, and some films I love that do this are. Like as I mentioned, singing in the rain. And I, yeah. I love the way singing in the rain handles the whole thing of like, okay, silent movie stars, and now we're gonna do sounds, and where do we put the microphone? And oh my god, she sounds like that. What are we gonna do about <laughs> it? And it's, I, I, I love the way that happens. And then there's one. I think uh, I think the Kirk Douglas film I was talking about that is he's like this big movie producer. I think it's called The Young and the Beautiful. The yes, Young and the Beautiful. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called The Young and the Beautiful. I just remember seeing it and thinking that title belongs in some horrible 1980s American soap opera but good film yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think I've actually seen that actually yeah Kirk Douglas is quite a t- tour de force in it really mm-hmm. you can't take your eyes off him because you're used to him being like the hero and he's not always a nice guy in this film he's right. driven and he's quite he, he's kind of like one of these ambitious. people where it's yeah it's about the business it's all about that if he has a relationship with a woman it's about the business and it's about where he can get him and so and I know there's a woman that he, she thinks he's taking her under his wing and all that kind of stuff and then there's this one particular scene I remember where 
she says oh you couldn't come to the premiere so i didn't want to go to the premiere i came here to be with you and she's standing there in one of these bas- big massive californian mansions and he's like on the stairs and then another girl another younger woman comes down the stairs after him and she just realizes what he's done and it's like it's just one of these scenes where you're like you could say in some ways it's not about the movie industry but citizen kane it's about how he puts his girlfriend doesn't it on the stage and how he drives her career and how you get that the mirroring between that sort of ambitious men how they can put their wives or their girlfriends into films or into theater okay all right on on, on about movie shots one I mean, it's not about movies and movies, but the ending, Blazing Saddles, when you see the whole Warner Bros. <laughs> yeah, and they go crashing through. That, that's, 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 at the end, where they just look, that's, that's, that is class. I love that bit, where they're like, where they're on, the, they're on that set, and they have Dom DeLuise playing the director, and they're doing like a musical, yeah. and they're singing, throw out your hands, stick out your tush, hands on your hips, give him a push, don't be surprised, you're doing the, the, the dance, and he's like, no, do it like this! <laughs> Oh yeah, I, oh, and also, oh, there was an, a film that we're going to talk about. Um, I know, Sharon, you've got it in your list, The Star is Born. Yes. It has a similar thing where it's like the man's star is fading, but his star is fading. The, his, yeah, the, the, he meets this young young star. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and her, her star starts going up, uh, going up. it's kind of like... Because so yeah. no, there's actually been three versions of that, but I've chosen the two I like the best, which is the, mid, the second and third. Oh, ooh, okay, cool. But yeah, we'll, we'll save that for I, later. For that, for my day, when my day will come. <laughs> Your day we'll talk will about come. Your day will come for a star is born. Uh, no, but no, thanks. Jared. I mean, and yeah, I'm gonna have to just sort of like put my film buff thing on hold because I I haven't seen Sunset Boulevard or Citizen Kane all the way through. Golly, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, that's that's okay. It's plenty to catch up. I mean, I I mean, we're all the same. There's, I think a lot like, of these films I've only seen them because when I was growing up television was like Saturday afternoon films mm-hmm. and so when there was nothing else on and it was raining you sat and you watched these yeah, endless absolutely. endless run of films and so you do get to see all these classic films and I say the majority of the ones I saw of this type were Sunday Saturday afternoon films on the telly on the telly it was a lot on telly in fact a friend lent me a book fabulous book called watching war movies with my dad and it's about <laughs> what he used to do and say, he said it's like when he was 12 years old and his dad would say oh they weren't made then. They weren't. <laughs> like, it said, uh, and it's really good, and it it it, uh, it really clicked with me because I was a bit like that. You know, my dad. Oh, they're the wrong parachutes. Oh, they're not. They just look. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so because I think even with that, the the oh, what was it? What what? Because the way I saw most of these films was, be, um, I think I've said it before that we when we first got like you know satellite TV, so essentially the equivalent of Sky in Nigeria where I grew up. There was this channel called TNT, which was Turner Network Television. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's now become Turner Classic Movies, and mm. they would just show all these movies. And there's something about films being in black and white that I don't know. From a young age, just I was just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> when everybody else used to go, oh, black and white. That means it must be rubbish. It's old. It can't be good. And I used to go, no, there's something about this. They've got something here. I remember one of the ones I saw was oh, it's called The Lady in the Lake, and it's a film. It was like a experimental type film where everything is done from first person's perspective. Oh wow. So it's like uh it's it's like uh oof it's like one of these gumshoe stories, so like a Sam Spade thing or anything like that, where he's a hardball detective and all that. Uh, but everything is done from his perspective on everything. and even though it was made in it's black and white, I think it was around about the forties, fifties or something, they have a shot where he's looking in the mirror and I'm like how do they do that? <laughs> 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 I mean, I think I can figure it out, but I'm like, how do they do th- what? 
how why can not you see the camera ah, it's creaking me out <laughs> uh, anyway well thanks yeah, for yeah, that of turner he's, he's made a few movies as well he's, he's quite a big um there was a american civil war one yeah which was huge you know i, I remember seeing it up in london and, and they actually put up the money for that Who, um, ted turner. it's called gettysburg yeah ted turner oh yeah. he was actually gettysburg in that. And gods and generals and, wasn't it yeah yeah and and ted turner's actually in it he's one of the yeah he's one of the generals yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I got a friend on the island who was actually in the film because he used to do the reenactments. It's only a bit part. It's only a little bit. He's like a stretcher bearer in the film. And Boy, we, you can see him. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> but like a second, <laughs> he's like, we tried to freeze it, but it's that quick that you can never really, really get on the spot. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks so much for that, Sean. And and now we're on to um, the films that have been. Well, we asked people on the on the Facebook page to suggest films that they thought were bona fide classics and also either films that were bona fide classics or films that they thought themselves were actually hidden gems. And Jonathan Greenham suggested this film, which I think is actually an absolute, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant film. It is The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. And he was, he was key to stress that we're talking about the original Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 made in the 70s with Robert Shaw and Walter Matthau. And from the soundtrack to that, here is, well, the main score or the main music from David Shire. This is a brilliant track. They had some good movie, music in the 70s. <laughs> Great track, great yes. track. You don't have to be told that that was made in the seventies, do you? <laughs> you do not have to be told it was made in the seventies. That's what. That's why I look. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. I mean, once you hear that, it's just kind of like I think of this. It's funny how you can hear some music and you can immediately almost tell what era the film was made in. Yeah. And yeah. that's just kind of like that's like seventies cop show has has it written yeah, all that over. Yeah, big it. collars, flares, and a. Almighty moustache. <laughs> hey, steady. <laughs> I didn't have the almighty moustache. I had the big flares. <laughs> And the high wasters. I, yeah, I, I keep forgetting that when we talk about some of these films, you actually lived through these periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the seventies. Was um, it's really funny because they think through periods of time. It was really on about austerity. It was really austerity. There wasn't a lot of money, and but everybody used to dress fairly outrageously. Yeah. And I think there's something about that. I think if you look yeah. through through periods of time, you know, if you go back to the the twenties or whatever, when when depression was there, it was all. People would go when they went. They were dressed to the nines, yeah. weren't they? Everyone so, made an effort when they went out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, that's a good point. It's, you know, if you think through the eras when there's been when there's been economic yeah, depression, problems, strikes, high unemployment, all that, the, the actual clothes become really, really quite outrageous. Yeah, actually, because that's a, because there's this um there was there was a recent Guinness ad made about a. Uh, Guys, and I think it's in the Congo, and it's it was, I think in Brazzaville in Congo, and these guys they work as laborers and everything like that. And they have like you know hard sort of like back breaking jobs, but every night they actually dress up to the nines, and then they they have like a special name for them, and they wear like purple suits, suits. and all, and it looks a bit like you know the guys who used to wear zoot suits, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in New York and all that. But it's similar, like you know the harder it gets, they think okay, this is like an outlet or anything like that. It doesn't matter how hard things get, we will dress more, we will dress yeah, almost yeah. flamboyantly or something like that. That's yeah, I Good went. Point. I went from uh, flares to punk rock, so big, big transition. <laughs> it, that was the thing, though, wasn't it? it? You went suddenly from yeah, disco, yeah from, from disco to rock, from disco flappers to, rock. Yeah, yeah. to drain pipes. Yeah, yeah. 
Jane Pipes and, and spending Saturday afternoons with black T-shirts and splashing them with bleach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then after, after about after about a month, they'd all rot. With bleach would all rot, and they'd all go in holes. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. Have you, have, you said, have you seen a film called Detroit Rock City? I haven't. No, but it, it does sound like I should. Yeah, it's it's essentially it's it's set around that time where it's kind of like you know the whole I think it's like the whole rock disco thing is like a big massive thing and people are either they either rockers or the discos and about these four kids who win tickets to go see a Kiss concert. Oh wow! And how and how they actually like as about them try going on this road <laughs> movie trying to go get to the get to Detroit to watch Kiss in concert and all that. I think it was made during the nineties, said during the seventies. But yeah, it's it's, it's quite funny yeah, about that thing. To try and catch that one. You have to. What's it called again? It's called Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City. Okay, oh, but anyway, Back the taking of Pelham yeah. 1. Gesundheit, I think I remember. Is it Gesundheit? Is that the same? Okay, so, take, <laughs> anyway. taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. This is one of those films that I actually caught on, on TNT as I was growing up. At least I caught the, and I remember the whole beginning and like how they go down to the New York subway because the whole... The basic premise of it is that these guys hijack a train, which is where it comes from, is the Pelham 123 on the New York subway. So they hijack the train and they hold it somewhere and they demand that New York City gives them $1 million and if if they're going to kill like one hostage every minute or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's the basic it. premise. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it's, it becomes a cat and mouse game between Robert Shaw, who is the head of the hijackers, who's codenamed, I think, Mister Blue. Mister Blue. Because they they all have and the, this because <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I know <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Quentin Tarantino is such a thief. He is, but that's <laughs> yeah. but he makes no you know he, he makes no apologies for homage though, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, thievery. Whether there's actually uh, there was this thing I saw on, online. It's called everything is a everything is a mashup. Or everything is a remake or something like that and it's no, everything is a remix and it's it goes through tarantino movies and tells you all the things that he's grabbed from other people, people. which which he doesn't he doesn't make any bones no about no it. no he's, he's straight up about it yeah. and it's yeah. great and i mean i love tarantino stuff because he watched all the stuff that i used fun. to watch i yeah. mean i mean you look at the kill bill movies the first one's a kung fu film and the second one's a spaghetti western yeah I mean, <laughs> you know, that's just the stress way it's well, just what you want it's even got spaghetti he actually um takes some music from a few dollars more to play the bit where yeah he he does. He does a lot yeah. of that. He does it because. And the thing is, I actually find. I remember um, when I first saw this film because I'd seen Terry about Reservoir Dogs shortly beforehand. And when they came out, they were all like Mr. Blue, Mr. Pink. I was like, what? This where you got it from. I don't want to be Mr. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you have, and so it becomes this cat and mouse game. Back to Pelham One, Two, Three. Yeah. It becomes a cat and mouse game between Robert Shaw, who is the head of the hijackers, and Walter Matthau who plays the sort of like the police officer is one of those happens to be on duty on that day and yeah. happens to be the one who has to deal with this. And yeah, so from there, anything else you could, because that's mainly what I can remember. <laughs> yeah, I, d I mean, I really like Robert Shaw. I think, and Robert Shaw is is, is excellent in this. I yeah. Mean, he really is. Yeah. He's, I mean, very versatile as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, this is one of his, his, his better roles. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got real atmosphere and pace and suspense and you think, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's a really really good top movie to watch, and and it's got some great well, Walter Matthau. I like Walter uh, Matthau. Yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. I love Walter Matthau. I, I, I did want to talk about another film sometime in the future called Charlie Varick, which I think I mentioned to you oh, the yeah, other day, yeah, yeah, which yeah, you need yeah. to check out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Martin Balsam as well. He's he's one of those that he plays Mr. Mr. Green. Um, and you see him in films. I don't think a lot of people would you know him meant by Martin Balsam. He's, he's like a character actor. The thing is, the, yeah, the thing is, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. And I think I think I might be confusing him, but did he have like big eyes? He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was quite a short, short guy with them. Yeah. Um, but uh, he often, the then you see them and you think. 
That guy's everywhere. Yeah, it's like I and think all em- these at that time you think they're in everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Empire Magazine refers to it as oh, that guy from that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like yeah, you know that guy from that thing. That thing. Everybody yeah, knows yeah. who they are, but they we we the don't know what the names are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but they're great in everything that they're in, but they're, they're just that guy from that thing. Yeah, they just sort of went under the radar a little bit. They made a good. They obviously, they made a good living. They made lots of films, but yeah, they just yeah they're slipped the def- under that definition of a character actor. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure, um, but as I say, that the Gesund- you know what I mean by the Gesundheit reference. It's, well, yeah, the, is the is how is how they figure out who the yeah, final hijacker just, is. That's yeah. great. That's great because during the obviously in the, 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 the they're talking over the the radios, the, radio, the telephones, yeah. whatever, and what, Martin Bolts and like that, and that's sort of you, you you sort of forget about that as the film yeah. goes on and that, mm. and then right at the first class at the end, they want they, they go to Martin Bolts' house and he said, "Oh no, I don't know nothing about it. I don't know nothing about it," and they shut the door. And then and he, he sneezes, sneezes. and he opens the door again, water mouth out, and he goes, Kisundai, and it's like, that's got just, you. <laughs> it's just, that's just, that's, that's, yeah, it's a really, really class film. I loved it. Yeah, I think it, it is a real class film. It's, it's, it's one of those films that, well, I think the, the thing, I think one of the things that they did really well in the 70s, they happened, they got you a real sense of place. So you really got like, like New York is like another character in this yeah. film. And all the scenes were the underground, you get this real, sense of look we're underground it's claustrophobic we're down here it's very sort of das boot <laughs> almost yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I, I, I think the thing is with that era of films is there wasn't a lot of money about yeah and if you look at a lot of the 70s films they're yeah, very, they were they're made very on the ground like level weren't they they were not yeah they, they, yeah. they were particularly and I mean there's, there's a whole era of films I'd love to talk about Rolling Thunder the outfit prime cut and they were all very because there wasn't a lot of money around they were yeah. all very and they were filmed in New York because obviously that's where they were based, and it was obviously cheaper to film where you're based. Because yeah. I think New York became a became a character, as you say, like a film character mm. of the 1970s. Yeah. You can name so many of those. I mean, the French, French Connection, Connection, yeah, French Connection. Type uh, but, but they were all, you know, really on quite a tight budget. So yeah. and you can actually, and I think, so they had to make the they had to make the films good to make up for. Well, yeah, not having I, th- that I think that's the thing. I think because that's the the thing that gets me is is the inventiveness. Yeah. It's like they go, okay, we don't have the budget to blow things up. We don't have the budget to do all this kind of stuff. Let's actually figure out a way of it. Like, for instance, that way, the whole final way, how he catches the final hijacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, that, it's it's kind of underplayed. It's not like a big deal. It's not like, but it's just kind of a clever way that make, that almost sort of engages you in the film and you kind of go, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh clever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, it's yeah. great. I was just trying to see if I could find any trivia, but um, there's one, but it said... Walter Matthau had been on the New York subway in many years at this time the movie was made even though he was born and raised in New York he had not been on the New York oh, subway yeah. in many years at the time this movie was made even though he was born and raised in New yeah. York so he's a native New York yeah. I guess yeah. so I, I, I didn't actually know that so that's that's good for me oh, also I also want to have like a little bit of a shout out for some of the other people who are in the film like who, who kind of there's Hector Elizondo who plays one of the hijackers who is probably best known as the concierge from Pretty Woman Pretty Woman yeah, <laughs> yeah he plays <laughs> he plays Renee from Pretty Woman and there's Jerry Stiller who's Ben Stiller's dad yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he plays he plays like one of the the police officers Rico and, and he's it, in Hairspray yeah yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pinky what, what, in Hairspray what, are we talking the the remake the and remake. he was in the original oh, as well I think was I he think in the he played he was, the, yeah he was in the original he was the dad wasn't he he, he was, played the dad in the original but at the original then Mr. Pinky in, in the, the remake oh. in the remake yeah oh cool because I, I, I always have you ever, do you ever have this thing where maybe there's like actor or something that you you saw later in life like you actually you got to know them later in life then you see a film of them when they're younger 
and all of a sudden it's, it's it happened to me because there's a tv show called everybody loves raymond with an actress called doris roberts who plays raymond's mum in this in this tv show I, and I, I, my, my daughter loves that well she used to love it when she was little i remember she says oh i want to watch everybody loves raymond i never actually saw it but, but who's, it, who's the guy who played because he's he's been in a couple it, of movies ray, ray romano and is he the guy in ice age does the mammoth? yeah he does the, he yeah, does yeah. the voice yeah. of the woolly yeah. mammoth in it yeah. Yeah, so uh, and so it's and it's and his mum is a woman is an actress called Doris Roberts, and I was actually watching another Walter Matthau film, which I've, I just discovered on Netflix, and I think it's brilliant. It's called A New Leaf. It was made three years before. Um, it was made three years before. Uh, taking a, yeah, taking a film one, two, three, and this and the the actress who plays his mum shows up, and I'm just kind of like, what the hell? Is that? It's her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I felt a little bit like oh, that with Jerry moments. Stiller yeah. in, in Pelham 1, 2, 3 because you see him and you're like ah, it's him, it's him. Oh, I oh, know you yeah it's, how does he still look the same age <laughs> has he always looked old <laughs> <laughs> he does yeah he's one of these people who just looks yeah the yeah, same yeah and it, it's it, it, I think it's a little bit like Walter Matthau as well because he's um, because he seems to have always been playing this sort of commergent Commodian type, you know, the guy who's a bit grumpy, a bit slubby and schlubby and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And he does this, which is why in the other film I was talking about, A New Leaf, I was actually a bit surprised about, he plays like essentially, he would be a posh Eton boy. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah Walter Matthau plays a posh Eton boy in this film. And it's so, it messes with your mind for like the first 20 minutes because you're like, no, you're, you're not supposed to be wearing suits and talking about like, you know, caviar and stuff like that. You're supposed to be schlobby and eating hot dogs and spilling mustard <laughs> in your shirt. Yeah, you're <laughs> the odd one and the odd couple, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, it, and it's, but it's it's him like I've never seen him before. Is it like a, it's, I, I really liked him in Grumpy Old Men, actually. Yeah. Uh, that was I, actually the first time I ever saw Walter Matthau. Is, is he the one that sings, we're having a heat wave? <laughs> and it's like, on the ice, was that number two? Jack Lemmon. Oh, well, no, I, no, I can't remember. I not, not the old couple. Yeah, grumpy oh, old man. No, not the old couple, man. but grumpy old man. I'm sure they're on the ice and they're going. It's like all snowy and that. Yeah. And he goes, we're having a heat wave. I just remember he comes out singing <laughs> with his fishing rod and stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah, that that would that would probably be the uh, first one because the and, first one is said during yeah, the winter. Yeah. And and Jack Lemmon's like rolls his eyes again. Like, <laughs> oh my god. I love this. Yeah. I love those two guys together. They're, they're uh, spot on, aren't they? Yeah, they were brilliant. Even when the film wasn't that good, they were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had that. Yeah, that natural chemistry wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh so so taking a film of one two three taking a film of one two three great new york movie, movie. great 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 thriller full stop great actors great actors yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah great actors good. i mean you have a roll call and this leads us to the thing we're going to talk about next which has been a little bit of uh <laughs> it's been a little bit of a bugbear for sean over the last couple of weeks and sean has been asking can we do this can we do this can we do this i think we're gonna, probably going to do something bigger on it but yeah, now yeah. we're, we're going to make a start on this at the moment so taking a film one two three brilliant absolutely classic film era defining thriller has been remade twice (laughs) once as a tv movie in i think 1998 and once as a denzel washington and joel travolta Travolta starring version Mm -hmm. and this was made in 2009 and has anybody seen the remake i've seen the remake yes i've seen the remake um I I, I I refuse to see it on principle. Really? <laughs> Sometimes I don't see them because I think it's unnecessary. I think why why would you need to do that? Yes, remake. What remakes? Why would you why? need to do that? Yeah, why? exactly. So because so what sure. they do um, Yeah, sorry. So sure. Yeah, go ahead. What what is the remake like? How does um, the remake compare to the first? Yeah, one? the remake's slightly different. Um, it's just uh, John Travolta really, and uh, he's. Um, 
Denzel Washington is like the, the controller and just happens to be the controller on the day. Yeah. So not actually a police officer. No, not actually a police officer. And he, in the end, it's him that's sort of chasing John Travolta at the end. And uh, it's up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't remember. Yeah, it wasn't that good. Controllers do that, don't they? I wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that good, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it was okay. John Travolta was. Mm, I didn't think particularly good in this. But um, you know, so I, I I don't think we can say a lot about the taking of Pan and One Two Three. Um, <laughs> The, the remake we're talking about 2002 was it 2009 I 2009 think. Yeah, yeah yeah so I, I i can only remember that there's quite a lot takes place above ground so although it starts off in the tube i remember there's like a you know ends up with the chase yeah. around some stairs and a bridge and is there's it, a bit of a fight on the on the bridge and you see yeah. and this this is a bit of a problem that i personally have with remakes and this it's why i always have uh, essentially, if if they tell me they're remaking a film, like at the moment they're remaking Point Break, Point Break. which was like a 1991 movie, it's a bit of a classic of the action, especially that sort of 90s thing. Because yeah, it, Keanu Reeves and Keanu Reeves, Gary Patrick Swayze, Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. brilliant and film. It's a brilliant film. stands up stands above most of the rubbish that was being made at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. And they're remaking it with um, oof, I can't remember the guys. It's I've seen Edgar the trailer Ramirez, for it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, <laughs> why? Yeah, there is there is no reason for it, and so I'm thinking something like Pelham taking a Pelham one two three, they remake the film. It's almost as if they just say let's take the title because the title will give us some recognition. Recognition. And but they go okay, what happened in the last film? Oh yeah, we got to do something different. So uh, uh, it's like they don't understand what made the first film good. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think again going back to my prime when we spoke a few weeks ago, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I actually watched it again because Joe said to me. Because um, I did yeah. see it, and I was I was absolutely disgusted with the film. Like, <laughs> well, with the, the remake, the remake, the remake, the remake of Assault on Precinct. I was like, ah, oh. um, I've watched it again, and they could have just called it a different name. They could have called because it, it doesn't like, bear any resemblance. Yeah, the first it bears film. no resemblance to the first film. It's, you, know, you know, slight resemblance, but they could have just called it a different name. Why did they have to call it Assault on Precinct? Yeah. Why could they not change the name of the Taking of Panama? It's a different, different thing, but sometimes yeah. with some sequels, you think this is not really a sequel to the first film this is a completely different film but you've just tagged that name on it to get an instant audience yeah 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 you, and you think wonder. just give it a new name I mean because I watched <laughs> Assault on Precinct 13 the, late, the latest one and it would have been if it hadn't been called Assault on Precinct 13 there might have been a chance that I may have enjoyed it you know if they'd have <laughs> called it like you know uh, attack on the police or whatever or something <laughs> so, something slightly different you know or, or, or police assault or something like that but yeah. to actually give it that name it's like precinct yeah. assault yeah precinct <laughs> assault yeah, well you I go mean, in with a certain expectation don't yeah, you yeah. if you have a high expectation of the first film you think okay you've got to deliver if you're going to yeah. use that name and then I, if they don't you think get off yeah. yeah I just I just think you've just peed over the memory of that I think I think I personally feel like there's some films that that, there, that needs, there needs to be a very, very good reason to yeah. go make a remake. Either yeah. you say, either you actually want to think, okay, that happened that way and they used that technology then and okay, maybe like, okay, in that time when they made that film, they didn't have mobile phones and if we had mobile phones, how would you still actually the do the same story thing? Would change, same story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think have something like that and then say, okay, now let's have a remake and let's actually try and see what happens with that. But, but some of them intentionally, you can't see the point. Like Psycho, why did they remake Psycho? And they more or less said it was a shot-for-shot shot remake, didn't they? It was a shot-for-shot shot remake with what, with with colour. Yeah, it's yeah. like why would you even go there? Well, well uh, hopefully they make some money. I think when you said before, you know, they hope to cash in on the name. They they hope to cash in. I think the I think the Psycho remake was actually it was August Van Sant who directed it. I think I don't know how he managed to convince them to give him the money to do it. Yeah, but to do that. He, I think for him it was almost kind of like an experiment. He was like, if we make a shot-for-shot shot remake of the same film, 
do we still capture it or is there something special about the time the film was made that gives the film its kind of yeah. power because technically speaking the psycho remake it was shot for shot it should be the same film same film but it yes. isn't yeah no so <laughs> what was it that spark that makes yeah. the first one a work of genius yeah and the second one not if joe was here i know what he would say yeah <laughs> 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 but you can understand when it's like a, an adaption if it's like an original source material like it's a book or if it's a, a play or a story that someone has thinking actually i think i can do my take on that you think that's fair enough because it might be the same title but it's not based on the film it's based on an original work yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Jane Eyre, we've seen dozens of Jane Eyres over yeah, the yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, Pride and, and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. And other films. Pride and Prejudice. They're all based on novels, aren't they? So you think, yeah. Yeah, okay, but when yeah. it's a film and you think, why just copy someone else's yeah. idea? I, I actually think it would, they would be, I would be happier with remakes if they went back and they found all the rubbish films that had maybe good premises. Yeah. And then yeah. do, them, do them well. That would work, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> that do would th- work. I think, I think it would be much better because, I mean, one of, one of, when it comes to remakes, that one of my bugbears is the Italian job. Oh, because yeah. es- essentially like what you said about some of the peaks in 13 i'm like this you had big stars in this film you didn't need to go hijack a name of a great film yeah you could have called it whatever the heck you the wanted Heist or something you yeah because yeah, yeah, i'd forgotten actually they'd remade that because mm. when you think of the italian job you don't even register that they did it that they did it again no no. Like Wicker Man again, isn't it? It's like you yeah, take the, oh, something. Wicker, <laughs> Wicker Man. <That's> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> but both of those, actually, God. ironically, are both those are, are British films, low, low budget British films that have been given the Hollywood treatment. I think often that's been. It must be bigger. It yeah, must we be must, better. Because it's bigger, it we've got be more money at it. It's going to be, yay, it's going to be great, great. We'll take the original, then we're going to expand it to so some recognisable it's like the new mini destroy it yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like it's <laughs> there are some good there are good some, yes, some good remakes I've written and so make a note of some good okay, ones okay please please do give me some good remakes well you've already mentioned one Hairspray oh yeah see okay, I yeah. loved it John Walsh's yeah. original because it's quirky it's a bit weird it's a bit unlike his other films and then the remake is like this burst of energy I just I love the remake well, but it's got some touches to the original the story obviously because it's yeah. that story oh, but I guess I guess that because that's that's a little bit of a Oh yeah, that's it. Sounds like a sort of precinct thirteen. Yeah, someone's heard our conversation and they've come to take us out. <laughs> the makers of a sort of precinct thirteen, the second one of we'll show you why we needed a helicopter. <laughs> 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 okay, so um, the hairspray, hairspray, because that's that's another one where it was a film first, then it got turned into a stage musical. Yes, and then they made a film adaptation of the stage musical. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. It just expanded each time, but I feel like it was a step forward each time rather than sort of yeah, it, yeah i just thought it just it captured that the mood of that that quirkiness and they didn't change too much to make it unrecognizable i would totally agree with that that's one good remake that john travolta's yeah. been in yeah, i quite like there's another one about dawn of the dead i like i love the original i was gonna say i yeah. absolutely love the original yeah. and i thought the remake it they they'd made the zombies faster and a bit less blue around the neck but it worked didn't it but it still worked yeah it's brilliant you, d- you couldn't say it was it. you put them side by side you think yeah that was the 70s that was funky or early 80s or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it was funky it was fun it was mad and then you've got you've, they've got the gloss and, and the, the fast scary zombies mm. and it for me they both worked so, so they did something that made it worthwhile to yeah. you say there was actually a point to making that remake yeah and you could see how the consumerism of the, the, uh, the earlier film how and how consumerism has changed in the later film so yeah. You're looking at that the way the both the zombie film often you examine society doesn't it it's, yeah. it's, it's a mirror to society so it's essentially because this is one of my big things is like I always say is that whenever they make these things often they forget what made the first one good yeah but it yeah. seems like with what you're saying about Dawn of the Dead is that they remembered what made the first one good and then they said 
how does that look in the noughties? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So how they, is consumerism society, you know, living in a shopping centre, how does it work then and how would it work now? Yeah, it's gone up. Yeah, With, exactly, yeah. They, yeah. They've sort of brought up to date. I think a film like that as well is Scarface. You know, Scarface. oh yeah, the Al Pacino the, one. Yeah, is the actually, Al Pacino one. It is a remake. Isn't it, it is a remake. Yeah, yeah. but the, and the original one with Paul Mooney is, is is a similar vein, but it's very much set in the you know. 30s, yeah, so you've 40s, got to take it and adopt it to its yeah, time, and, haven't and you? And they've taken it and they've adopted it to to modern times, mm. which is okay. That works. Yeah, yeah I think you know. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and the Departed. It's a good remake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay, it's yeah, a good cool. remake. I'll give yeah. you that. I'll give you that. Um, the thing I like the thing remake. I don't think Joe. But I, no, I must, I'm but still clinging to the original for that one. Yeah, I've but, never seen either. But he did like Jurassic World. And he said he was going to be like, when, when we first went to see Jurassic World, he's like, oh, I don't think it's going to be any good. I'm going to be so disappointed because it was so so <laughs> yeah. great for my era. But he really, really enjoyed it. Uh, if it taps uh, into your childhood, then you, I have to admit, you I mean, you'd, you'd mess with that at your peril, don't you? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a sequel, not a remake. But I have to admit that I had the same thing. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. going to be rubbish. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, it was a similar thing. I was like, when I was watching, I was like, these guys understand why the first one was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. they've, and they've gone back to that well to make this new film, which is, which is great. But uh, one that's been made, remade twice, King Kong. There was a, a, oh, a yeah, version the 70s in King Kong, one, wasn't there? There, the, Jeff which Bridges. was absolutely awful. <laughs> Put me down when you mail a chauvinist ape, and then it was <laughs> yeah, just like the, one of the most awful. Oh dear, that was that was a terrible film. Um, yeah, the remake, the seventy, I think, in probably seventy. But they tried to set it in the seventies, and it yeah. didn't quite work, it didn't did it? For work. that whole, again, mm. it's you have to if you're going to change its time and place, you need to make it relevant to the time, time. that it's in. Where yeah, is the reason to? Where is yeah. the latest remake? You know the the. The, the big Peter the big, Jackson yeah, one. Yeah, the big Peter Jackson one. I mean, that went. That was like the original as well. Yeah. It was set yeah. in there. You know, it was like a color version of the original. Yeah, you know? I, I think it was. It was because he loved that film. Yeah. And I think he essentially just went. I'm going to make this film using what we have now that we couldn't have then. Then, yeah, and exactly. We're gonna, and and that, then I think I think that's okay if you're going to make understand why it works. Earlier, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Are you going to say we're going to say okay, we didn't have this back then. We couldn't fully realize it. Mm. Therefore, we're going to update it and. Yeah give you the film how it would have looked like now I'm like no problem with that yeah, yeah that's fine you could, if you want the big ape wrestling with a dinosaur you want to make it look good don't you yeah, you don't yeah. want to make it look like two goth puppets that are <laughs> <laughs> poking each other you want to make it look a bit more ferocious yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, but which, which is um, yeah anyway Godzilla Godzilla <laughs> like people hate the the 90s film and the Matthew Broderick yeah, one. Yeah, the Matthew Broderick one. Well, uh, well, so I think that's quite good. To be fair to them, they didn't try and do a remake. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, they tried to get and make it relevant to the time it was set. Yeah, yeah, they tried. Yeah, yeah. They just did bringing the whole Chernobyl thing. Good and point. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, to point. be fair to them. Uh, any other good remakes? Um, yeah, there's loads of good remakes. I, I think, think. I think you yeah. were talking. About, I've heard you speak about Three Ten to Yuma. Oh yeah, Three Ten to Yuma. Yes, I like both of those actually. Both them. Yeah, Three Ten to Yuma is good film. That's that was actually made. It was a Kirk Douglas film as well, so it was it was made twice, but it was, they had a different name to it. It was called um, Last Train to Gun Hill, and <laughs> as, as an old western, but it was exactly the same story yeah. as as you know. Yeah, and I think that's based on a book, though, isn't it? It's based yeah. on a novel. Yeah, yeah. So often but you find again, you take it back, you strip away all these layers. It, there, there's something at the beginning, like a book or something mm. that you can adapt. Like True Grit was based on True a novel. Grit. Yep. So both of the remake. Both <laughs> the, they, again, it's been remade, and oh, I really yeah, like yeah. the remake because I thought it's like the remake was actually truer to the book in but, some ways. Yeah than the John Wayne version that we all know and admire. Yeah. But both of them are cracking films, but yeah. when you compare them to the book, you have a different, different, different take yeah. on it. Different take on it. I've got a good one. Heat. Heat. Oh. Ah. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Heat's because brilliant. He, yeah, Heat's a, it's actually a remake um, of 
because Michael Mann, who directed, he, he originally, he, he had the this, this, this story and he pared it down to try and make it for TV and he made a, a pilot called LA Takedown. And that film was actually released and everything like that. And people were like, oh, no. But, so when he actually got the money, like decades later, he remade the film, but this time, like, made the film wanted yeah. to make the first time round. And yeah, he's just amazing. <laughs> he's just a great film. Yeah, let, you wanted to mention Let Me In, didn't you? Did you yeah, because I think there's also another sort of subgenre of like the remakes, and that's where they take a foreign language film and they oh, remake yeah. them into English. Because Americans can't read. Because you can't read subtitles. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Going to the pictures was... to read, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, that, whatever. That, that's like the, the girl <laughs> with the dragon tattoo, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. And I was thinking, let the right one in. Because I saw the re- like, let the right one in in the original sort of foreign language version, and I thought it was almost like a perfectly constructed film. It fit yeah. this, the language matched the landscape, matched the mood, matched that whole Depressing everything Swedish thing. Yeah, and then I thought, and the, the fact that the light, that northern light sort of thing, and the, the the snow and the woods, and it all came together in like this perfect mixture. Then to remake it in America, you think you lose. All the things that make it good. Yeah. It's just a vampire story. Mm. Yep. It's not about the culture, about the language, about the setting, about the world it's in. You take it out of context and it doesn't mean anything. What, what about Cape Fear? Did you like the two? Because I know Cape Fear is one of Joe's. Yeah, Joe really liked the one, didn't he? The, yeah. Did you, I, the I, really, I really like the remake. Yeah, I, I like the I, I, Robert I haven't De Niro. Seen, yeah, the Robert De Niro one. I haven't seen the original. I haven't seen the Robert Mitchum one. But um, I really like the remake. Um, I, th- I thought, oh, that... That should be worth it. Maybe all remakes should just be made by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would work. I think if you understand the original, yeah, I think it doesn't. It's not such quite an offence to us. It isn't though. A lot of thing. I think a lot of the English language remakes. I've seen a lot of the television ones, which don't really work. Like I've seen the Killing. Yeah, the Killing. That, that annoys the me that they, that they remade the Killing. Just be why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw three episodes of the the US version of the Killing, and I thought. This is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, some of them where they translate the bridge or Bruin and they the Swedish, they did that as the uh, the bridge here, but they used the tunnel, the Channel Tunnel. Yeah, the Channel Tunnel. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting take on the story yeah. and the fact that they used England and France. I thought that was interesting. So I didn't m- m- mind that as much. But oh. it's not a film; it's TV. Sorry. Yeah. No, okay. And okay. One final thing on this, and then we have to move into the final section, the Isle yeah. of Movies for tonight. And that is, apparently there is this film, there's an Argentinian movie called We Are What We Are, or We Are, yeah, We Are What We Are, that it was, it, I think it won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Movie a couple of years ago, and, the, and apparently that is a really good remake, where they've moved it to America, but they changed a whole bunch of things, like in the, in the sort of Argentinian one, it's like a patriarchal society, in the, in the changes to like a matriarchal society, and it actually is like, okay. actually sort of like, because as the, the same way the original said something about the Argentinian mindset, the the remake said something about the American mindset. Yeah. And apparently yeah. that's really, really good. Yeah. Which I've heard nothing but good things about it, but I haven't seen it. What's it called again? Sorry. We are what we are. We are what okay. we are. Yeah. Cool. Worth checking out then. Okay, so we have five minutes and now we're on to Isle of Movies. Yay. We, yeah, I, we, we don't have that much time because Sharon didn't look that, en- <laughs> she, you, you didn't look that enthusiastic about this, but you want to tell us, tell us about when Hollywood glitz and glamour came to our shores on the Isle of Wight. Yes, I'm, I'm going back in time a little bit and I Again, this is people of a certain age will know this this phenomena. Yeah, it's it's completely well, it isn't out of date now, but I think we are slightly more uncomfortable with the premise. But I'm talking about, of course, the legends that are Centrinians, and the film made in 1981, the later of those that Centrinians before they were reimaged, is the Wildcats of Centrinians was filmed on the Isle of Wight in part, (laughs) (laughs) and there's a reason why they don't make them like they used to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, right. 
Okay. So, okay. But, I guess. I guess it goes both ways. I guess it goes both ways. <laughs> but it's perfect. It's like 1980. Yay, Centrinians on the Isle of Wight. 1980. So, 1980. Okay. Oh, so, right. so, all right, Centrinians, right? Because Do they use the railway. Oh. I didn't. I, I got oh. through about the first bit of it. <laughs> oh right. Okay. <laughs> Before I sort of, you know, started hanging my head in shame that I was trying to watch. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, why, why, why did you have to make this on the island? Yeah. Ah. It's like you know, I saw I saw Mr. Holmes the other day. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the new Sherlock Holmes movie yeah. with Ian McKellen, and there's bits of it that I was like, that looks like Culver Down. <laughs> I do you know? I thought I was exactly the same as that. Yeah. But it was it was Dover, wasn't it? But it I, did look. I, I, there was I think it, I think it was Dover. But there's yeah. sometimes when I was like, have a look about it. I was like, did they sneakily yeah. film this on the island? Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't know. I, I know. Yeah. That's. But a, we have gone to the heights with the, some of the Isle of Movie films. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about Oscar winners, and we've talked about these great films. And then I think sometimes it's good to just. Have a look in the depths a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> in the murky let's, water. Let, let's just bring ourselves back down to earth. We're not all that. We're not all that great. I mean, there's sometimes though. There's some rubbish. But Saint Trinian's right. Okay, because it's a phenomena. Yeah. yeah but so are, you, are, you, are you aware of Saint Trinian's in Nigeria? No, no. I mean, we uh, because whenever I hear Saint Trinian's and I hear girls' school, I think of Saint Clair's, the Enid Blyton. Yeah, it's quite a different school to that one. Okay, so so what was the what was the basic premise of Saint Trinian's? Saint Trinian's, I think it was taking that whole the the English girls' school that mm-hmm. was made famous in those novels, the Mallory Towers novels, the Saint Clair yeah. novels of like the twenties and thirties, and then in the fifties they basically turned it on its head. So instead of these lo- lovely little schoolgirls having tea parties, yeah, they were just running riot and they were just being disorderly riotous smashing people with hockey sticks hitting with yeah being <laughs> aggressive and yeah. just being breaking every rule any rule there was to be made they broke it so being like the perfect english young ladies they were these hoydens <laughs> 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 and as they get older like they start off with like these really like scruffy haired with hats and their ties are all askew and their socks are hanging around their ankles and then they suddenly have this transformation when they get to the sixth form and they become like the naughty schoolgirl, <laughs> where the short the skirts are too short and the blouses are under the navel and they're just and it, so you get these contrasts between these really naughty as in naughty schoolgirls as in badly behaved yeah. to suddenly get these really saucy schoolgirls. So it kind of becomes a carry-on movie by the time it gets It's to a carry-on movie by the time you get, yeah, so you've got these two schools of thought, these like naughty girls and then the, the other type girl. of naughty girls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's a very naughty girl. Yeah, uh, so, but they're originally based on this sort of cartoon strip of, again, these like hoydenish little, little girls running around with hockey sticks. So it was originally started off as like they're like 10 and 11 year olds and then as it got older you've got these like 18, 19 year olds who look like they were Pan's people. <laughs> Do you know who Pan's people are? I, knew, I, knew, I know who Pan's people are. I so the opening scene of the Wildcats and it was that was the reason why dads watched Top of the Pops. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. <laughs> so in this the original, in the, the Wildcats and Trinians, you, they start off singing the school song, you've got these little girls singing it, and then suddenly you get these like naughty minxes singing it in their school uniforms. But this cast is Sheila Hancock was in it as a headmistress, oh. Maureen Lipman was in it. Michael Horden was in it. Julia McKenzie, who later became Miss Marple, was in it. So this wasn't a. Lo- it was a. It's it was tat, but there's good quality tat in there. <laughs> <laughs> and the director had received credit for writing the screenplay for Lady Vanishes in the 1930s with Hitchcock. He'd also made Hobson's Choice in early on in his career, and he also made five other St. Trinian's films. Okay, I think I think that's a great point of us to end on because we started off with Sunset Boulevard, and we spoke about how like you know your star fades, 
Yeah. And if you're talking about the director going from like you know the lady vanishes and ending up with Saint Trinian, this was his it? last film. His last film on his CV was the the Wild Cats of Saint Trinians. Eesh. <laughs> uh, mighty have fallen. Oh, but good lord! Oh my word! That that's a slightly depressing note. <laughs> no, the but they they for they're what they are. They're riotous fun. Okay. If you like riotous fun. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, sheesh, man. Man, I, I think I want to go cry now. But, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, as I said, we'll be away for two weeks and then we'll be back again. In the meantime, we hope you come for less well in the hospital. We hope you get home. We get you, hope you get to watch some of these movies that we've spoken about. And we hope that you remember, as always, that they just do not make them like they used to. Thank you and good night. Good night.